Welcome, everybody, to State of the Union, or what I call a State of the Union. Um, used to be called Victor's Thoughts, and these State of the Unions uh, used to be a, a New Year thing that I do, talking about what the channel is going to do. But I, I've decided to change... Well, to change the name of the show from Victor Sots to State of the Union. Now, when you refer to Union, you can refer to, I don't know, myself. Uh, you can refer to the Union as in the world we live in or the channel or whatever, you know, it's a state of the union. And we're going to talk about some news items. And um, I don't know if maybe you like my take on it and maybe you won't. I don't know. Um, suffice it to say, I had nothing better to do right now, and I thought I'd come on and do something. Uh, especially since I'm I'm taking over the time slot of the blind perspective, um, which won't be seen today. Uh, unfortunately, we are um, preempting the blind perspective for this week, for the last couple of weeks, actually. And um, we're going to talk about some news items. Well, I don't know. You might be interested in some of this stuff or maybe not. First up, we've got an interesting piece of news that uh, I just read. Um, but before I do all of that, I am getting ahead of myself. My name is Victor Govea, in case you don't know who I am by now. And um, if you like what you're going to hear, hit that like button. And uh, if you want to follow us or subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can do so at Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Or you can uh, go on to our Facebook page or on Twitter at Blind Who. If you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on podcasts. We are available on pretty much most podcast catchers. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, you can actually ask Alexa to play Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Or uh, the Victor line of players uh, will have Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And you can get our episodes that way too. There's about uh, six or seven hundred of them. Six or seven hundred episodes of our podcast so far. So uh, enjoy that. If you ever want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email. Whose blind life is it anyway? At gmail.com. And remember, for English isn't that good. Who's is spelled W H O S E. Um, 
a lot of people think of the who's as the possessive who's, which it sort of is. That's kind of weird. Hmm. I never thought of that before. But anyway. Um, one of the main reasons for the Victor Stott's name change was mostly... Well, I don't want, I don't, I, there, now those who know my channel know that it started off as therapy and that therapy well, the channel or therapy grew into something much bigger. And now we have several um, content creators on the channel doing several shows, which you guys can catch. And uh, a few shows have their own podcast. For example, the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday has its own podcast. Uh, as well as the Saturday Night Adult Party, or Snap as we like to call it. And coming soon, Meet My Blind Life. That's coming soon to a podcast catcher near you. So, why am I getting notifications? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Okay. So, anyway, I, like I said, it was uh, therapy because of something that happened to me back in 2020. And I'm not going to go into what happened to me in 2020, but suffice it to say, I wasn't doing well. But... One of the shows I created was a show called Victor's Thoughts. In hopes of gaining someone's attention. Now, presumably that person out there knows whose attention I was trying to get. But... Something was brought up to my attention, and I don't know if it's because it came from this particular person that I'm putting more stock into it, or if it's finally been drilled into my skull. But when when you let go of something, you have to completely let go. You can't keep holding on to it in the hopes that you'll get it back or at some point things will change to the tune that 
you'll get it back and you'll be able to enjoy it again. But I think at this point, you kind of have to come to the realization that things don't come back. And when you do let go of something, you have to let go completely. A complete cutoff. In other words, you're going completely dark when it comes to this thing that you're letting go of. Well, that's what I'm doing. I've recently come to the realization that it seems that people are creating drama on various YouTube channels in the hopes of getting supporters, making money, and... uh, getting views and viewers. And if they need to poke fun or essentially rake me over the coals and they can't come up with their own content, well, I don't think that channel is going to be lasting too long. And the fact is, they can't create their own content. Well, that's their problem. It's not mine, because we are creating our own content. Whether you're watching Donna's shows, or uh, Monica's shows, or Zoe's shows. Or you're catching the reruns of the Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me shows. All of that stuff is original content produced by the hosts on our network. So I'm letting go. And I'll be taking down the videos that I created. Regarding that part of my life. Because it's over. And it's a new. Beginning. And that's where I am today. So. With all that being said. And that was a long saying. The first piece of news I have is. Google is finally making its way onto the foldable market. I guess they wanted to be the first to do so in advance of Apple maybe possibly going that route in the next couple of years. But essentially, Google came out with the Pixel Fold. It seems that there isn't anything special about this particular phone, except 
the camera. In fact, Google is so well, they are so caught up in this thing that they're actually offering to buy $780. They're actually willing, rather, to give you $780 towards a trade-in of your Apple iPhone 14 Pro. In fact, they're willing to give you quite a bit of money for several versions of the iPhone. And uh, you can go on Google and check out the the amounts of money they're willing to give you for your particular iPhone. Um, it ranges from almost a thousand dollars right down to barely fifty. And I've been waiting for phones to come to their senses. And when I say that, by come to their senses, I mean realize that some people like to use their phone with only one hand. And that balancing a phone on a couple of fingertips is not going to do it for some of us. I used to be able to hold my 4S and my 6S in one hand, doing what I needed to do. And I mean, I felt great. I was secure. I didn't have any fear that the phone was going to fall on the floor if I jostled it too much or what. But since then, phones have become larger. And I have to admit, I started off with the six at, with the 10s right after the 6s <clears throat> excuse me yeah right after the 10s or xs right after the 6s only because I liked the s line of phones I first started off with the 3gs way back in 08 then I moved on to the 4S then I moved on to the 6S I didn't stop in between to do the 5S or the 5 or anything like that I just went straight to the 6S and I was happy but I had to move on to an upgrade, and I thought, well, I guess I have to go with the larger phone. Now, I could have gone with the 8, but the 8 was a couple of years older than the XS, which was recent at the time. So I moved on to the XS. And that's pretty much where I am now. A phone the size of the XS. And 
I've gotten pretty used to it. That's not to say I wouldn't like a smaller phone. I would. Quite frankly, I was going to move on to the 13 Mini. But I've been hearing so much about this LiDAR scanner. That I simply cannot, in good conscience, move to a 13 Mini. Because the 13 Mini does not have the LiDAR. So I moved on to the 14 Pro. It's a very nice phone. It's got a lot of features that I absolutely adore. However, all of that is overshadowed by the sheer size of the phone being that I have to balance it on fingertips when I use it. I can't hold it firmly in one hand. And use it with one hand. So. I've been dying for a smaller phone. And I thought that was going to come with the Samsung Fold. Except that wasn't the case. Because as much as. I like that the Fold turns into a smaller phone. The bloody thing is still as wide. The bloody thing is still as wide as the larger phone. So I still can't hold it with one hand properly. Or rather using it with one hand is still the same as using the regular phone. So I had to wait and wait a little bit longer. So now Google's making its way onto the foldable market. And uh, from all reports, it's being said that the only good thing about this phone, besides the fact that it folds, is the fact that it's got a pretty good camera. But as we are blind, we don't really have any use for the camera. I'm not sure if the LiDAR feature is something exclusive to Apple. But I do think Google should have at some point put it onto their phones. That didn't happen.
Now, I do have to say that TalkBack is getting more and more like voiceover in terms of gestures. And if you get the right phone, I had a chance to use the Sam's, uh, the Samsung uh, Ultra. I believe it was the 21 Ultra. Or 22. Uh, yeah, it might have been the 21, I think. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But it was back in 2020. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to use the, the Ultra. And um, I noticed that the, the movement of TalkBack was really good. Because up until now, I had a really crappy Motorola to play with. And that was, well, using TalkBack on that phone was abysmal. And I'll never go back to Motorola again. But I could see myself using a Samsung. However, I've never, I've never used a Pixel. So... I'm curious as to what the ecosystem of the Pixel is like. I mean, you hear a lot of jargon like stock Android. And that's nice. And that's not really a factor I'm looking into. Because no matter what phone you get, you're always going to have something that the OS is uh, being written with. For example, Samsung Android phones, yes, they use Android, but they have a sort of Samsung skin over it. So it's not like you can just grab a phone from Samsung and expect it to look like Android or Pixel or a Motorola. You can't expect them to look like that. Likewise, if you pick up a Sony... I think theirs are called the Xperia line of phones. They've got great cameras and they are using Android, but their Android is a Sony variation of it, just like the Samsung is a Samsung variation of Android. Now, Google makes Android or writes, codes, Android. I, I don't know what the jargon is. And so you have to expect it to be as close to Android as possible. Just like you pick up an iPhone and you expect it to be Apple OS. 
But the folding thing is what would draw me back to Android. But the folding thing still isn't enough because you still can't hold the bloody thing with one hand. You can't use it with one hand successfully. They fold down, but they don't get smaller to the point that you can hold on to it, like the Mini. It doesn't get small enough like the Mini. And that's what I'm looking for in a phone. Uh, but I am getting used to the fact that the 6.1 inch screen of the iPhone Pro is going to be the future, unfortunately. Because if I want the features of the LiDAR and the features of the Pro, I can only get that size. It's too bad we can't get the mini size with the same features. But either way, we'll have to see if they improve on the Google Fold or Pixel Fold, as it's being called. And we'll see if it improves. But right now, the Pixel is nothing to write home about. Now, second piece of news is the fact that Donald Trump got, well, he was found guilty of sexual harassment, but he was found guilty in a civil court. And the person who sued him got about $2 million for her trouble. But honestly, $2 million is not very much to a man like Donald Trump. And, (coughs) excuse me, and that hasn't affected his stance on running for the 2024 election. I got an opportunity to watch him on a CNN town hall and it would seem that the town hall was filled with Trump supporters Which is ironic because CNN is um, uh, a democratic station. Whereas if you want to tune in for Republican stuff, you tune in to Fox. Now, CNN is not a fan of Trump's. Not by any 
stretch of the imagination. But I'm not sure why they thought a town hall with Trump supporters was a good thing. But that may also be why Trump, Trump rather, agreed to do such a thing. The host of the town hall wasn't giving him any inch. He, she was asking him the tough questions. And Trump was being the diplomat he was supposed to portray by giving answers that really weren't answers. But he did say some things that actually made me support him to an extent. Obviously, he was being, what's the word I'm looking for, exaggerating some of his claims about what a successful president he was. But it would seem that I don't know. I think somebody hit the reset button on Mr. Trump. Well, Mr. Trump's personality. He was a totally different man. You would almost think he actually became younger somehow. He was not the same man we saw four years ago. He was much more charismatic. He was a lot more eloquent. He didn't have any trouble finding the words he needed to say. And it seemed that his he was giving all the right answers. Or at least that's what it seemed like to me. Now, remember, folks, this is strictly an opinion-based show. So what I say is my opinion. And I have to say, he impressed me at the town hall. He really did. Some of his answers left some a little bit to the imagine, imagination. In other words, 
they weren't exactly the answers I was looking for, but they were answers. But conviction or not, in a civil trial, and impeachment or not, he's still running for another term. I actually thought Biden was going to be a shoe-in. But it would seem he's not. So we will actually have to see what happens this uh, election in November. So the final piece of news I have is um, something that happened north of the border here in Canada. Um, a Chinese diplomat was forced out of the country. The Chinese ambassador... He was actually caught um, well I'm not sure I, for some reason I can't think of the word right now <laughs> I've gone blank he was threatening one of our government officials and offering bribes. And the uh, prime minister or what other countries consider the president of our country kicked him out on the premise that a foreign official shall not get involved in the governance of a country. And that's what the ambassador was doing. Now, I don't have the exact... Well, I don't have the exact charges that this man was 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 faced with, but suffice it to say it was something that the prime minister felt was interfering with the government of our country. And so he was booted out based solely on that fact. Now, naturally, China is denying this, that he was not bribing this official. But I'm kind of wondering 
based on this little tidbit of information, I kind of have to wonder. You know, I didn't leave much credence to the fact that Russia might have interfered with the U.S. election. I didn't think that that the claims that the theory that Russia had involved itself in the American election. I just thought as a, I just put it down as a conspiracy theory. And so I shelved it based on that claim. And so I didn't give much thought. But with this Chinese ambassador being hot, red-handed, one has to wonder. Are different countries getting involved in our government elections? I'm not saying this is actually happening. I am by far not the authority on this on this matter. So you can well imagine that I'm solely going by what I'm hearing. And I have to say, this has to worry me a little bit. If foreign countries are influencing our elections where does that leave our country are we screwed i don't know So that's the news in the world. But something that's a little more closer to home that bothered me quite a bit, actually. Because the US, U.S. prides itself on its health care. And while it isn't the best, I would have thought there'd be some semblance of intelligence in their medical system. Don't get me wrong, I like the Canadian healthcare system. The fact that I can go to any doctor or hospital I want is great. I don't have to worry about 
healthcare costs affecting my wallet because I don't have to pay extra for it. I don't have to worry about how much a broken arm is going to cost me if I go to the ER like they do in the States. Because if you don't have a HMO, you're screwed. I kind of like the fact that Obamacare came into force. But then, of course, Trump did away with all of that. So when I hear news of someone going for an endoscopic procedure, and it's not even being done in a hospital, that kind of worries me. Now, for those, for those who don't know, <clears throat> an endoscopic procedure is a procedure where they they don't really put you to sleep. However, they do completely depress your. your sensations or your feelings or your well your your in other words they sort of put you out i mean at the end of the day people are so relaxed that they end up falling asleep And so they do, I'm sorry, hold on, folks. Sorry, I was getting notifications from Skype, which I'm not sure why. But anyway, um, so yeah, they essentially give you a couple of combinations of drugs. One to completely relax you. And this relaxation drug actually causes memory loss. So even though you're given this medication to relax, you are essentially, your immediate
you're essentially given you're essentially given this medication and your immediate memory goes. So even though it feels like you fell asleep, what actually happened is you completely forgot what happened to you as you were relaxed. That's essentially what happens. So this procedure essentially in, involves you completely getting relaxed and they shove a camera down your throat. They shove the camera down your throat and they look inside you. You might have heard about its variant, the colonoscopy, where they shove a camera up your ass. I'd expect a lot of you know more about the colonoscopy than you do the endoscopy. But suffice it to say, a camera is involved and it gets shoved in a hole. The endo or the colon will decide which hole that camera gets shoved into. But it's a serious procedure, especially when it's being inserted down the throat, because a lot of things can go wrong. And that's why the endoscopic procedure is always done in a hospital. Well, a colonoscopy is also done in a hospital because, well, let's face it, colons might get perforated or uh, something might go wrong. But a colonoscopy and an endoscopic procedure are usually done in... an x-ray lab or what hospitals call imaging well my friend was scheduled for an endoscopic procedure and she was told she couldn't eat anything from 6 p.m. the night before, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you're going for a procedure, you don't any you don't eat or drink anything after midnight, not 6 p.m. That's the first thing. But the second thing is, well, one would expect that the doctor doing this procedure would look at the patient's history. 
Now, this patient does not have a stellar history when it comes to procedures. And she's also a diabetic. So, not only did he do it in a doctor's office, not a hospital, but she didn't get in right away for the procedure. So you have to imagine, this person is a diabetic. This person has gone without eating or drinking anything for over 12 hours. Actually, by this point, it was more like 18 hours, which is just not done. And when she approached the receptionist and told her how she was feeling, because she did feel the effects of low blood sugar, she was told to sit down and that they'd get to her as soon as they could. Now, that is just bloody fucking stupid. I mean, the U.S. always prides itself on how, oh, we have an amazing healthcare system. And even though it's not free, it's one of the best in the world. I guess that's not true when shit like this is happening. Because shit like this does not get done. You don't make a diabetic patient wait in a bloody waiting room for 18 hours without giving her some type of sugar. Or at the very least, testing her blood sugar levels. Suffice it to say, when she got home, she had a blood sugar of 64. And for those in Canada who don't know what a blood sugar of 64 is, think of a blood sugar of 2.5. As soon as my blood sugar gets to about 3.8, I'm at the point of keeling over and my visions are going all over the place. Of course, you might be thinking, what the fuck vision is Victor talking about? Seeing as how he's blind as a fucking bat. Well... That's how I feel. Because I still get the gray spots or gray type of vision. 
And so everything is kind of cloudy and gray. It's not completely black like one would expect. So my eyes do seem to be picking up a gray, cloudy type of environment. Now this, I am told, is phantom vision. <clears throat> but when my sugar drops to 3.8, that phantom vision starts spinning around. And I get very lightheaded. I get very confused, very down. And so movement gets to be a secondary thing. But that's at 3.8. She was at 2.5. Or what Americans call a blood level of 64. That's just crazy. So I actually called her doctor. Not the actual doctor who did the procedure because I would have completely flown off the fucking handle on him. But I called her family doctor. Because shit like this should not stand under any circumstance. And I was happy to find out that her family doctor or GP or general practitioner, whatever you want to call him, he's the doctor that takes care of the bulk of your issues when you have a cold when you've got a flu when you've got a hurt back or foot or leg you go see him and then he refers you to a specialist if he feels you need it that is a general practitioner slash family doctor I was happy to see that she was completely upset because this should not have happened to this person. So not only did she, was she upset, but she actually called me back to tell me what happened when she called over to the HMO and reported this doctor. So you might say my... Uh, well, I, I don't know what you'd say. I am flabbergasted that such a thing could happen. But I'm also delighted that this person has a doctor who actually cares.
so there does seem to be light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what I want to see from a country like the United States. Because even in Canada, when you've got wait longs that are wait lines that are months long, we still don't leave diabetic patients sitting without food for over 18 hours under any circumstance. So I am buoyed by the fact that this doctor actually cares about her. And I am happy to see that there are doctors in the United States that actually care about their patients. So I want to give a shout out Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, folks. This thing is really bothering me. Yeah, okay. Sorry. There you go. 
Um, so, like I said, I don't like to see shit like this happen. And the fact that she went through this should not have happened. So I want to give a shout out to Integrity Medical down in Tennessee, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee. And in particular to Dakota Asher. She sounds like an amazing doctor who hates dealing with HMOs. And she's developed her own clinic that does not deal with HMOs. And I am happy to see that this woman has a good head on her shoulders. And I wish her all the luck with her clinic. And I hope there are more of her out there. So that does it for me, folks. So, um, I'm sorry about that stuff being the notifications. I hate that. So, um, yeah, so sorry, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, and I hope. Some of my feelings were, well, I hope they echo some of yours. In the meantime, I uh, tune in tomorrow for the Blind Handyman and Blind Like Me shows. And, of course, over on Snap uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that may or may not happen. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we're having some issues, and so um, we'll let you know. But check out Snap tomorrow night and, of course, the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday on, uh, on Sunday <laughs> at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, where she Monica is bringing you the big show, I think it's called. Yeah, I think it's called The Big Show. So, guys, we'll see you next time on State of the Union. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>